Morning. So, you'll recall a couple weeks ago, Jeff taught from Matthew chapter 6 on the Lord's Prayer. And he did just the first couple verses of the prayer. The deal was, he asked me if I would do the other half. And so, I was going to do that on the 17th, but we're going to do it today. And you'll be glad to know, I'm only going to do one verse. Because as I started reading this, there, you can go down many rabbit trails. And I didn't. So, But I had to, make a, I had to split this up somewhere. And so we're going to do the first, just one verse this, today, and then we'll finish it up on the 17th. Otherwise, I would move into your barbecue time this afternoon. So let's pray, because I need it. Heavenly Father, Lord, Father, I praise you. I thank you, Lord, that this weekend for our country represents our freedoms, our, uh, our independence, Lord. And whether the powers that be out there want to recognize it anymore or not, Lord, this country was founded on religious freedom. We were founded, Lord, by people seeking ways to worship you without persecution. And Father, you gave it to us in this land. So Lord, we are forever grateful. Grateful to be in this country. Grateful, Lord, that we are free to gather corporately, openly, and worship your holy name, Lord. To open your word and to learn directly from you with no fear of reprisal, Father. Lord, I pray that you'd be here this morning with us, that the words that are said would be your words, and that we would, every one of us, would learn from you something that applies to our lives, Lord. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we look at the Lord's Prayer, there's so, I was talking to Brian, talking to Jim this morning about this. There's so many people, they look at this and they, they think that this is a, a mantra that we should recite word for word over and over. I mean, even in television shows, movies that have nothing to do with God, there's the Lord's Prayer. Used blasphemously, really, if you think about it and how it's used. And really what it is, it's a template for us to look at. And how do I pray? Because they asked him, they said, teach us to pray. And so Jesus gave him this. I'm going to read the whole thing. He says, when you pray, pray like this. And he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's not something to be repeated over and over and over. That is a pattern. That is a template for us to follow. Today, we're going to look at just one verse, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. What does that mean? I think today, if we look at, we're, we're fortunate. We live in a very wealthy country. 
can't deny that. And so we're spoiled. And don't think that there's too many of us in this room that really know what it means to want in a I need it sense. And so we don't really get the difference between a need and a want. I need food and shelter. I need Christ in my life. I want a new boat. Okay? So there's the difference. But we mix this up a lot when we pray, when we talk about what our needs are, you know. In other words, we're spoiled. And we take our needs as being something that would give us pleasure versus something that we need to sustain us. And when you listen to people pray, especially when you listen to people pray out loud, just don't judge, but just, you know, listen. And a lot of times when you listen to these prayers, they're pretty self-serving. You know, it's... uh, when they pray, it's more about their wants um, or it's, I'm not gossiping, I'm praying sort of thing. And, you know, so again, rabbit trails go down and we won't. But I want you to think about that as we think about this. We're praying to our Father and we've already said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So we've recognized his greatness In just those verses, the first verses, we've said, you are God. And think about David when the Psalms, when David would start his prayers, he would say, oh God, you are God. He started by recognizing who God was. He knew who God was in his life. So we've established that. And then we say, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So your will be done here in Job as much as it's done in heaven in your heavenly kingdom. So when I pray, give us this day our daily bread, I'm asking, I'm asking God to meet my daily needs, to provide for me those things that I need. And those things that I need, you know, they're, uh, again, food and shelter. That's the physical aspect of this. But there is the spiritual aspect as well. I need God. I need Christ in my life. If I miss Sunday, and I miss church for a couple of days, you know, for a week, maybe two weeks, or and I get out of the habit of, my personal morning studies, when I get up early in the morning and I open the Word, when it's nice and quiet and I spend time by myself, when I deviate from that and I'm not doing that on a daily basis, I recognize it in how my day starts to go, how my week goes. It seems like I will be more on edge. I will take things wrong more often. I allow things to get to me, get under my skin. 
And just that little bit of time spent in the morning studying his word, reading, praying, it seems to change my mindset. It, it's, it's amazing how, how, more, how better I face the day, how better my week goes when I've come to church and I've spent time with y'all. And so those are those daily needs that we need. Now, Proverbs 30, 7 through 9 says, Two things I ask of you. So he's asking God. It says, Two things I ask of you. Deny them not before I did. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. It's kind of self-explanatory on one hand. You know, Lord, teach me to keep my mouth shut and not lie. But it also means that when I spend the day relying on my own self, my own powers, and I'm not going to God for my daily sustenance, I'm lying to myself. And I'm saying, hey, I got this and I can do this on my own. I don't need you. And so I'm lying. I'm lying to myself when I do that. And he goes on to say, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. Again, the physical aspect of that and the spiritual. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. I need bread and water, right? Grain and water, and Joe can survive. You can survive. It's not going to taste as good as that steak, okay? But we'll survive. We can survive without water for three days. And we can survive without food somewhere between 45 and 70 days. So what's more important, the spiritual or the physical? See where this is going? Think about those that would fast. And uh, I kind of looked this up, the longest fasts in the Bible. And you probably can guess them. Moses, um, was it Deuteronomy 9? Moses fasted for 80 days. 40, came down, saw what was going on, confronted Aaron, went back up another 40 days. 80 days he fasted. But he was in the presence of God daily for that 80 days. He was feeding off of our Creator. Elijah in First Kings was at nine, First Kings nineteen. Before he fled, he ate, and then it says in verse eight that it sustained him for forty days till he ate again. But again, Elijah was in constant communion with God living off of him. God's providing that daily need to him. And of course, Christ. Christ fasted for 40 days when he was tempted in the desert by Satan. And he lived off of the Father. So the daily needs that we need is not just what's physical for us. 
but it's also spiritual. And both have to be looked at. Both have to be remembered. Neither one overlooked. And I think, well, I know there's a reason for this. God wants our focus on him. And so to do that, he wants us dependent on him. And if I look to God for my daily sustenance to get me by, I'm going to look to him for all the other things in my life. Right? Because if, if God's providing for me daily, that means he's going to provide for me in the other aspects. And so God is saying, hey, Joe, you can't do this on your own. And I don't want you to do this on your own. He says, I want you coming to me. I want you relying on me. And it's when I decide that I don't want to ask him for my daily help, my daily bread. And I go out on my own and I do it myself. I tend to make a mess of it. And it goes back to how I handle things, how I take things, you know, things really start to get under your skin. Those little things that people might say that typically you'd blow off, for some reason they sting a little bit more. You know, um, I'm a little less forgiving to people. You know, I, I tend to look at people more critically versus looking at them and realizing, hey, they're probably as big of a bonehead as I am. You know, so we got that in common. I need to remember that. And I, te I tend to lose track of that if I don't go to him on a daily basis. And I start losing my, you know, I quit trying to rely on him and I try to rely on me. And I love that where he says, give me in, in Proverbs 30, where he says, give me neither poverty nor riches. And to finish that out, he says, um, in verse 9, he says, Lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of God. If I don't have it, he says there in verse 8, um, point being is that if, I, if I'm poor and I don't have it, yeah, there's, you know, there's a good chance I'm going to go do something stupid to get it. If I'm rich, I'm not relying on God. I'm relying on me. I'm relying on my wealth. I'm relying on what I have at my immediate disposal for use. And I forget who gave me that. I forget that it's God that's given me everything I have. You know, I can say, hey, I've got a good job. I make a decent wage. You know, look what I've done for myself. You know, look what I've worked my way up to. Look what I've done. Well, who gave me the ability to learn? Who gave me talents to do certain things? Who gave me the ability to think in such a manner that I can problem solve, I can do all these things? I didn't learn that on my own. I promise you, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. God gave me these abilities. And it's funny that he gives them to me right when I need them to. <laughs> you know, I don't always have these abilities, it seems like. 
But when I, when I need them, God gives them to me. And so God wants me relying on him for these. He does not want me to rely on myself and to rely on the means that I have that all of a sudden I get in my head that I earned this by myself. I did this by myself. That train's going to wreck. And we're going full bore for the wall. Don't do that. Take a moment. Take a breath. Step back. Refocus. Go back to God. Meet with him daily. Ask God to provide for you daily. And we're talking about the, you know, somebody of wealth, somebody of means. In Matthew 19, 24, he says, is when he, you know, Christ tells the disciples, he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter in the kingdom of God. Now, why is that? That's because the rich man's going to rely on his own means. He's not going to rely on God. He's going to get out of that habit of going to God daily. Here's my needs, Lord. I need. I look to you to provide them. So when we look at God, you know, you know, what about our what about our wants? The things I want. What about those when I pray? Those wants need to be centered around God and God's will. So how do I get there? How does how does that happen? Now if we look over in chapter six here of Matthew, and we look over at verse 31, he goes on to say, or 33, I'm sorry, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and these things will be added unto you. And the point here is, is that as we draw closer to God, as we do more and more, put ourselves more and more in His presence, in His will, our wants, our prayers, our lives will start to line up with His will. That's where we need to be. And it will change. It'll change who we are. We meet with God every single morning. And I'm not saying do it just once a day, but it's a good starting spot. He'd be doing it multiple times a day. But just starting in that one spot in the morning, for me in the mornings is the best time for me, meeting with God in the morning starts to change me. My will begins to line up more with His will. My wants begin to line up more with His will and my needs. And then I, the funny thing is, is I don't really notice that change. I don't really notice that, you know, I don't get upset anymore that I can't have those fancy toys. I can't have these things that I once thought that I wanted, these things that I thought, oh, I just got to have these or, you know, life just isn't worth living. Fancy cars, fancy owls, fancy boat, you know, all these things. Well, guess what? I'm a pretty simple person. I don't need those things. Like God finally woke me up and made me realize that. I really am. Ask my wife. I'm pretty simple. Sometimes, maybe too much. <laughs> Psalms 34, 8 through 10 says, Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. 
The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Seek God first. Go to him in the morning. Go to him in the afternoon. Go to him in the evening. Daily. Seek him for those daily needs. I promise you, you're going to change. Your life's going to change. Make this a habit. In the first part of the Lord's Prayer, you know, we establish who God is. The God of the universe. Our creator. Then we see we're going to go on to him to call for our needs. And the interesting thing about this is he's saying, for, you know, for us to pray to provide our daily bread. And you'll look at things, you'll say, I need this. What am I going to do? How am I going to get this? Oh my gosh, I got to, the rent's due. Um, I've got to, we've got to pay our bills. We've got to, whatever the problem is. Well, guess what? God knew your needs before you ever knew what they were. Don't stress about it. Get on your knees and pray. Present your needs to God. Present your petitions to God. He'll provide them. It may not always be the way we think it's it's supposed to be. We may have our ideas on how God should answer those prayers. Funny thing is, God usually answers them, but it's usually a lot different than what I had planned for him to do. Kind of interesting how that works. His way always works out for the better. <laughs> it's a, just one of those things, you know. Matthew 6, 31 through 32, the other part of uh, going over here in Matthew 6. He says, therefore, do not be anxious and don't stress. God doesn't want you being stressed out. How many times does God say, don't fear? Don't be afraid. Fear not. He says, do not be anxious. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Verse 32, for the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows what you need, knows that you need them all. God knows that I need to eat and drink. He, he created me. He knows what this body needs to function. And like I said, you give bread and water and we can survive. Not going to taste as good as a steak, but we can survive. And I've got some misguided friends out there that are vegetarians. I'm picking on them. Uh, and they seem to seem to be pretty healthy. You know, I've got to have a steak every now and then. <laughs> but God knows what we need. But he still says... Ask me. Ask me for him. Because he wants us dependent on him. It's when we look at God for everything, when we see him in his rightful place on the throne, and we are looking to him to provide for us daily, now we're in the proper place. Now we're fully dependent on him. And that's what this is. This is what this verse means. Give us this day our daily bread. Give me what I need to sustain my life physically and spiritually. Doesn't mean God doesn't want you to have some extra things. And He will provide. He's let me have some 
extra things. He's let me do extra things. I can look back on my life and I, I fully believe I have been very blessed. You know, from a young age, um, I've traveled most of the United States. I have seen things that most people only get to see in, in books and in movies. Yeah, things that, you know, that just to this day, when I think about it, it's even will take my breath away. I've been blessed. God's given me extras. Maybe it wasn't that new boat or that fancy sports car that I had probably killed myself with when I was younger. I'm pretty positive of that. And God, see, God knew that. God knew, hey, Joe, that's not a good idea for you to own that. <laughs> but he gave me things that I will forever be grateful for. He gave me a wife. He gave me daughters. He gave me a family. I am forever grateful for that. God provides those needs that we need. And that's what this means. Give us this day our daily bread. But it is so easy to lose our focus. We let life get in the way. You know, we, we focus on problems we're facing at work. We focus on uh, the way maybe we're butting heads with somebody around us at work or someplace in our life. Maybe things aren't quite going right with our families. Uh, we focus on those. Don't. Focus on God. God will fix those problems if we will just back off and let him. And you know what the crazy part is? He tends to fix them anyway, even when we're stressing out. So what did I do? I drove myself nuts for nothing when I should have been praying, when I should have been going to him. James 4, 2 through 3 says, You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So when I go before the Lord and I'm asking these things, what am I asking for? Why am I asking for it? How am I asking for it? I should be asking myself these things. Is it, am I, am I, a pro, the, the, the how am I asking? Am I going before God, recognizing Him as the Holy God, as the creator of this universe? Let's start there. Am I doing that? Why am I asking? Am I asking it for my own personal pleasure? Or am I asking because it's a need? Am I asking because I know somebody that's in need and I want to help them? All this stuff comes together. And again, I'm not saying it's, it's wrong to ask God for some extra things. He wants us to. 
But what's the motive behind it? Why are we doing it? And there's a passage that messed me up when I was a kid because I heard it preached in a manner that this person needs to be accountable for how he preached it. It is John 14, 13 through 14. It says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So as a kid, I went through a period of time where my family had just fell apart. You know, uh, my dad was my hero, fell off of his, uh, the, uh, that, that idol, you know, that stand, that big old platform I had him on. You know, he, he crashed and burned. My mom, well, she checked out and went someplace that nobody could go with her. And so I was in a pretty bad state for a long time. And we were very active in the church. Uh, that church door was open. Our family was there. And then all this happened, and we weren't in church anymore. And I was still involved in a youth group at the time, uh, something called the Royal Rangers. And we were at a camp one night, and, I, and I'm struggling with this. I'm, I mean, why would I want to serve a God that would let something like this happen? This is crazy. And then I heard this pastor, somebody I looked up to, say, you know, all you got to do is ask in Jesus' name, and it'll be fixed. Then he says, and if it doesn't get fixed, it's your fault because you just didn't believe enough. You didn't have enough faith. So there was quite a period of time in my life where I fell away. Because I figured, you know, there was something wrong with me. I just, I, I can't believe enough. And it never changed. Everything stayed bad, as far as I thought was bad. And, you know, I just, man, I struggled with that. And it took several years for me, finally, to start slowly coming back and reading the Bible for myself and praying that I begin to understand, you know, this, this, guy, this guy taught this wrong, horribly wrong. It's not what God's saying. I'm not always going to get what I want. And God ain't no genie. This is not a bottle, bottle that he's in. We don't learn magic words, rub the, the Bible, and ask God for a favor. It doesn't work that way. And that's why I think when I look at this prayer and pick on our Catholic friends, they repeat this word for word over and over and over like it's a magic incantation. It's not. This is a pattern. Recognize who God is. Putting Him in His rightful place. Me in the place where I belong. Asking Him to provide for me so that I am dependent on Him. And then as we're going to get into, in a couple Sundays, we'll get into the forgiveness part. That's what this is about. It's not about learning it word for word. When we look at the first part of it, it says, you know, 
what we're talking about, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Again, I am asking God to provide for me what I need that is in his will. And I need to understand that as I'm praying and I'm asking, God sees things that I can never see. God knows things that I can never know. And so there's times that God's just going to say, no, Joe. And maybe I don't understand why. I don't understand why my family fell apart. Now that I'm an adult, being ready to turn 56 years old, I can look back at those days and I can see a lot of good that had came out of that bad situation when God restored my family. Maybe that's what it was for. I just didn't see that at that time. I've watched my, especially my dad, use things that happened in that time to work with young couples to save their marriage. And he's been like, hey, there's a price to be paid. Let me show you what I went through. At that age, I didn't see that. You know, at 20 years old, I didn't see that. It wasn't probably till I was in my 30s that I began to kind of start to understand that God had a purpose. Now, in that period of running, if I'd have taken that deep breath, I said, all right, God, I don't, I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you. And if I would have daily come back to here and prayed, that simple prayer, God, provide for me what I need daily. I bet you my frame of mind would have started changing at an early age, earlier age. Maybe I wouldn't have taken me so long to come back around. But I was too busy running. I was mad. Oh, I was mad. Took a long time. I regret it. You know, I missed out on a lot. I praise the Lord that he's forgiven me. (laughs) And, you know, he's brought me back to him and he's using me. I'm forever grateful for that. In John 6.35, Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. That's how physical, or the spiritual end of things. Again, like I said, we, we need bread and water to survive, but I need the living bread to survive. Hell is not a place that I think would be a fun place to go to. I need this living bread to feed me spiritually, to keep me from myself and being the train wreck that I can be. And I'm only going to get that if I go to him daily, sitting at his feet. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, And this this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to To his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Don't ever hold back and go unto God 
with your requests. And don't ever be afraid to have those requests answered in a way that you didn't think of. We've all got our, way, our own in our own minds how God should answer a prayer, correct? You know, when I sit down and pray, dear Lord, can you do this or that? I have in my mind a way that I think he should fix this. Guess what? Usually I'm wrong. Usually, well, probably almost every time, God has a different way and it's always better. Always better than my way. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. So when we read this, it says, give us this day our daily bread. That implies something. It implies that we will daily go back to him and daily ask him. Not ask him today, because I went to church today, so I feel good. So tomorrow morning, get up and pray. But then the rest of the week, I don't do anything. Now, daily. There's a probably one of the best ways for, for a person to see and understand this would be to keep a prayer diary. Sit down and write down what you're praying about today. Write down what it is, why you're praying about it. What, what about this? Why is this important? It may sound cumbersome and it may sound a little, you know, why am I doing this today? I don't need to do this. Do it. Do it every day. After a while, go back and read that. And maybe as you're doing this, every now and then when you notice that God has answered a prayer that you've been praying about, go back and make a notation of how he answered it and when. So that in the future, you go back and you look at this and you open it up, go through it. You're going you're gonna to notice something. You're going to notice that your prayers change. You're going to notice that the way you approach it changes. You're going to see where God answered prayer and you didn't even realize it's been answered. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in your prayer life. And I've done, I'm not religious about it. You know, I don't do it all the time, write this down, but I have. And it is interesting that in the times that I have done this, I've looked back and been really surprised at what I've seen. Hey, I need to get more organized where I do this on a daily basis. I'm not a real organized person. And I think about Daniel. I go back to the book of Daniel in uh, chapter 9. When the, Daniel's adversaries are trying to find some way to, to take him down. You know, he's got the king's favor. Uh, you know, Daniel's the man when it comes to the king. And these guys ain't happy about it. So they get trying to figure out how can we how can we take him down? But they can't find any fault in him. Right? Daniel, there's nothing that they can go to the king and say, hey, this guy's a bad guy. There's nothing there. And finally, they say, you know, the way we gotta do this, we gotta trap him in the way that he serves as God. 
And the one thing that Daniel did was three times a day, faithfully, he prayed. And so they get the king to pass this law that says, you know, I forget the exact story, but basically says he can't do it. And Daniel's like, no, I'm not going to stop. I put my faith in God. I've been doing it all this time and he's taking care of me. I ain't going to stop doing it. So he keeps praying and they bring charges against him before the king because of it. And we all know the rest of the story. Gets tossed into a pit with a bunch of lions. Not a hair on him is scratched. And the next morning he walked, pull him out of there and he's totally fine because God himself took care of him. God honored Daniel's commitment. God honored Daniel's faith. And it was faith that got Daniel through that. Would my prayer life be something that somebody could use against me? I'm afraid that, you know, it leaves a lot to be desired. My prayer life needs to get better because I'm not as faithful as Daniel was. I don't think that it could be used against me. So I need to get better about it. And it goes back to that, you know, our daily bread. We need to be before our king daily, seeking him. As a Christian, you're not going to make it in this world very easily if you're not seeking our Savior. You know, it, you may still be saved, but that road's going to be a lot rougher without seeking Him. It doesn't mean that there won't be trouble. It just means that, you know, you'll probably handle it better. And it will help us to maybe stay out of trouble. Isaiah 43, 7 says, Anyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The upshot of this is the whole purpose of our lives is to glorify our God. And nothing glorifies Him more than you and I, His children, on our knees at His feet, seeking His face. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, he says, at the end of the matter, when it's all said and done, all has been heard. He says, fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. If I'm not before him on a daily basis, I'm not going to do a very good job of keeping his commands. I'm going to fall away. I know, I know how I am cut. If I let myself do it, I will start to fall away. And it has to be a conscious decision on my part daily to go before him. Because if you leave me to myself, I, that, that train's going to wreck every time. And so I leave you with this. Pray. 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 Don't ever stop. Because he wants to hear from you. This is your father. Just as you and I as a parent want to hear our kids coming to us, 
Our Heavenly Father wants to hear us coming to Him. So pray. And I ask Him, Father, teach me to pray correctly. Teach me to pray in Your will. Teach me. I promise you, He will. Every time. Just pay attention. You'll see it change.